we come here, uh, there is a recognition, at least I see, uh, that there are some things that are run a whole lot smoother uh, and more efficient if we have more brothers uh, stepping up to be involved in leadership. And I don't have no problem saying that and calling you out. If you feel bad, then the way to change that feeling bad is to do something. Uh, but we, we need to have a passion for God's people that we're willing to get out of our comfort zone and do what the Lord has called us uh, to do. And so today, instead of dealing with a Thanksgiving lesson, because I'm sure some of you came thinking you were going to do a Thanksgiving lesson, you'll get Thanksgiving on Thursday when you sit there and cut up your turkey or whatever <laughs> bird you have on the plate and the fixings that go along with that. Today, we're just going to get some much-needed word uh, of God. So Ezekiel says in chapter 34, and the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God to the shepherds, woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves, should not the shepherds feed the flocks? You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the flock. The weak you have not strengthened, nor have you healed those who were sick, nor bound up the broken, nor brought back what was driven away, nor sought what was lost. But with force and cruelty you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill. Yes, my flock were scattered over the whole face of the earth, and no one was seeking or searching for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, says the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey and my flock became food for every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, nor did my shepherds search for my flock, but the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, O shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hand. I will cause them to cease feeding the sheep, and the shepherds shall feed themselves no more. For I will deliver my flock from their mouths, that they may no longer be food for them. I want to use as a subject this morning lessons from bad shepherds, lessons from bad shepherds. Uh, we, we can learn lessons from all kinds of people, good and bad. Uh, there are some things we learn not to do, and there are some things we learn to do. But we can learn some lessons, and, and, and this passage is here to help us to understand something about what shepherds should not do. And as we look at what shepherds shouldn't do, then by default, we understand what shepherds should be doing. And I say that because some of us don't know the role of shepherds because we've never been at a congregation where there were shepherds. 
Uh, we had just been uh, a place where there was a group of people that came together on Sunday. And that's about all we did, came together on Sunday. We, we weren't able to accomplish much uh, because there was no leadership there. And, and I know sometimes we have been placed and we have liked the people who were in charge. And, and that's why we stayed there, because we liked them, not because much was being done there, not because God was being honored there, but out of tradition. And I need for you to ask yourself, what has that gotten us? I can rehearse uh, what I perceive it has gotten us, but you have been there. Now, I'm just a newcomer to this area, but I've been here long enough to know that there, there are many sheep uh, that are scattered all over this area. And there's no shepherd, nobody that is, uh, has any care or concern for trying to reclaim those folk. And, and we spend time talking about what ought to happen. And we won't acknowledge what did happen that many of us were a part of. Amen, somebody out there. Amen. Uh, and the consequence of that, if, if we don't learn those lessons, we will keep doing the same stuff and losing generation after generation. This building ought to be full, given enough adults here, senior adults, who have children and grandchildren. And the question I want to ask, if you here and you got children and grandchildren who claim to be a part of this flock, where are they? You're their shepherd. And so if you don't care that they're not gathering in the right flock, who's going to do anything about that? Let me read just a little bit of from chapter 33 to help you uh, to understand what I'm going to be doing uh, this morning in the lesson, unless some of you get mad at me already. Verse, uh, chapter 33, verse number one. Again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, speak to the children of your people and say to them, when, when I bring the sword upon a land and the people of the land take a man from their territory, and make him their watchman. When he sees the sword coming upon the land, if he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, if the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be on his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, but did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself. But he who takes the warning will save his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet and the people are not warned and the sword comes and takes any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but the blood, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. So you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them for me. Now, I'm not Ezekiel, uh, but, but, but I'm a watchman today like Ezekiel. And, and a part of the job of the preacher, the minister, is to say to the people gathered Sunday after Sunday what the Lord wants us to hear, what the Lord wants us to do. And then, and then if you take heed to it, wonderful. But if you don't take heed, it's still wonderful. It's wonderful to me because God won't hold me accountable for you not doing what you're supposed to do. He will hold me accountable for not doing what I'm supposed to do. So I want to get that out, out of the way, first of all. So you guys understand, as, as a watcher, my job is to look out and see and warn. 
Those who are faithful, uh, those of us, those who want to be saved, then you will hear the warning and you'll take that information and do something to save yourself. Those who don't care, well, you just get caught off guard and whatever happens will happen. I need to say that because time is out for us to just come to church services or come to Bible class and do nothing with the information, but leave and come back another week and do the same old thing and you're dying on the vine. You're dying spiritually. And what you don't recognize, you're getting more worldly and carnal because now you are blatantly disobeying and violating what you know to be truth. It's one thing to do stuff out of ignorance. It's a whole nother thing to do stuff when you know it's wrong. It's a whole other thing to avoid doing some things that you know God has called you to do, but because it is inconvenient, you just choose not to do it. So, so i got news for you. Uh, keep on doing that and, and seeing what's, what's going to happen to you and the people who are around you. You won't be getting better. We won't see a whole lot of improvement. Uh, at some point, we're going to see regression, and, and we're going to see people getting into situations uh, that they had no business being into, into, but the reality is they got in those situations because they weren't listening to the word. So, so, so coming to the worship service, coming to the Bible class, yes, it is about paying attention, but it's also about opening up your mind to, to listen to what's being uh, spoken and then make effort to apply it when you leave here. Because we don't want to just have good discussions while we're here in the building and then everybody just does what they want to do when they leave here. Uh, and so God calls Ezekiel. And in chapter 1, we learned that God called him when Ezekiel was approximately 30. And, and so God calls Ezekiel to deliver warnings and judgment uh, to the tribe of Judah. Now, his message is, is, is not popular. You guys know you don't like to hear uh, what you consider bad news. Um, but Ezekiel has to be faithful to what God has called him to. And that's why we'll see in the text, the word of the Lord came to me. See, see, the job of the watchman, the job of the preacher is to share the word of God with you, not philosophy and not just what you want to hear to make you feel good. But it's about Thus saith the Lord. And if you have a love for God, you have a love for his word, then you'll say amen to that. Uh, but if you don't have a love for God and you don't read and regularly study his Bible, then you look down at the floor while I'm preaching. Like some of you doing right now. But that's okay because I'm doing my job as a watchman. So, so as I get into this, I want to make a couple of just general observations uh, and the, one is to recognize that Israel, even though the text gives us some bad leaders, Israel has some good leaders. And you guys know they did. Uh, anybody remember Moses, uh, the great deliverer? Uh, he delivered the Egyptians, I mean the Israelites from Egyptian bondage. He was a lawgiver that God used to uh, give his word to his people so they'd understand God's standards. Uh, you remember Samuel, who was a great uh, prophet and judge. Uh, you remember Jeremiah, great prophet and priest. Uh, Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. And as I said, at 8 o'clock, starting in January of next year, we will be doing an exhaustive study of Jeremiah. 
And so if you want to get a head start on that, it's November. You got November, what's left of November and December to be ready for Jeremiah in January. Now, Jeremiah, we're not rushing through it. As a matter of fact, we're going to be in Jeremiah probably most of 2024. Uh, because we want, to, we, want to, we want to take the time to dissect this man and his message. So again, you can start now doing your study, buying your resources to help you, all the kind of good stuff. Uh, so, that, so that when we teach it, uh, it can be a real discussion. And you will know what the teacher's talking about before he gets up here. Now, I'll just go ahead and let you know Matthew's going to start the study off, but Matthew's not going to be teaching for it for all of next year. So we're going to have several of us uh, involved in teaching that. Uh, so while Israel has some good leaders, Israel also has some bad leaders. You guys know there's always the, the bad has to come with the good. You know, you have a good meal at your house, and then every now and then you have a bad one. Yeah, you, you fix one thing, it comes out the way you want it to, and you fix it again, trying to repro uh, reproduce what you did before, and it just doesn't come out. And you just got to go with it. So Israel has some bad leaders. Most of the kings that Israel had in the northern kingdom and southern kingdom were bad. So if you go back, you'll see they had a whole lot of kings, and, and they had some good ones. But most of them were bad. And I need for you to understand, God will allow you to have bad leaders to help you to appreciate him. Okay, you don't like that. God would allow some of you sisters to marry some bad men, so God will help you to appreciate a good man. Brothers, God would allow you to marry a bad woman, so you can come to appreciate a good woman. You guys do remember Hosea. You Bible scholars remember Hosea? Hosea was married to a prostitute. Okay, all right. So, so, so God wants us to learn lessons, and he will use whatever tool it is. And so one of the things you discover when you study some of the prophets, you'll see God had them do some crazy stuff to get the people's attention, to give them a visual of how God saw them. Because too many times we don't look at ourselves the way God sees us. We look at mirrors that we have uh, corrupted into, 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 uh, into having the appearance that we want. Instead of looking at a mirror that's clean, that just shows you what's there. And then our being honest enough to deal with the irregularities that we see once it has happened. In 1 Samuel chapter 8, uh, God allowed the Israelites to pick their king. And, and this is when they were picking, uh, ultimately, King Saul. And, and, and if you go back there, you'll recognize, God said, you all don't need a king. You already got a king. I'm your king. But their response, well, we want to be like everybody else. And one of the sad realities of the church today is we want to be like the world. We want to be like denominational churches. So we're not satisfied with what God has given to us. We want to have what everybody else has. Now, in the same chapter 8, God will say, okay, I'm going to give them a king. Tell them I'm going to give them a king. But also tell them how, how hard their life is going to be with this king. And even knowing that, they still said, we want to be like everybody else. We want a king. And so the, the, the Samuel has to recognize in his communicating with the people that they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting God. 
And so the watchman has to recognize even uh, in contemporary society, they're not rejecting you, the speaker, the mouthpiece. They're rejecting God. And God will deal with them. So as our text opens, we're in the southern kingdom. Uh, Judah has been under Babylonian captivity. And, and one of the messages of the book of Ezekiel is, is that we need to have reverence or respect for God. We're living in a time, folk don't respect God. They don't respect God's house. They don't respect the word of God. Uh, and so it is hard for God to get any glory out of people who don't respect him. Now, these were his people who were guilty of this. So just as when Ezekiel walked on the earth, there were people who did not respect God. In 2023, almost 2024, we got folk who gather on a regular basis in a Christian environment who still don't reverence or respect God beyond the hour that we're together. We find it too burdensome to live like a Christian seven days a week. And we can't even handle it one day of the week, which is why we, we divide up in hours. How long is the worship service going to be? And then in spite of the fact we'll say that Sunday is the Lord's day, we won't even give him the whole day. Like some of you already, you know, you, uh, even though we're going to have evening worship, you already know. You decide in your little heart that you got stuff more important to do. When we don't understand the word of God, we make bad decisions. And so as, as churches are decreasing the opportunities for biblical instruction, they are decreasing the opportunity to help their people to understand the word of God. We're not disciplined enough to study like we ought to on our own. And in spite of what you say, we may like to read and we read, we like to read what we want to read, but very few of us will say, I love to read the Bible. And so the consequence of us getting far and far away from reading the Bible, studying the Bible, is just look at what's happening in, in our congregations, in terms of our families. All of the issues out in the world are right in the church building with folk who are supposed to be Christian families. We, we got as much family issues inside the church, folk who know God, who are led by the Holy Spirit, than folk who are out there who don't know God, who don't have his spirit in them. And that's because we don't value his word. And we value Oprah. Uh, is her is friend Dr. Field, is he still on TV? Oh, Rewinds, okay. Uh, is, uh, what's, what's the lady, the little short lady, uh, that was part of that group also? Um, but she was in the she was a, she was in the in the cooking business. You guys know her, Rachel Ray. All of them started out together and whatnot and whatnot. They've all become experts in their little areas and stuff like that. And so we're more likely to tune in and listen to them and buy their books because some of you subscribe to Old Magazine, I'm sure. And Oprah has a whole lot of ideas about spirituality, but she's not a Christian. And, and so Ezekiel says in verse number one, the word of the Lord came to me. Uh, so he's declaring at the very outset, this is not my word. This is the word of God. 
And the message that God has here is that I have a problem with you leaders, with you shepherds. I don't have a problem with the, the flock. I have a problem with the folk who are leading the flock. Because he says you take care of your own needs, but you're not taking care of the people who you are there to t- take care of. I reference Psalms uh, 23 here. You guys remember Psalms? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me. And so one of the things that we get from that passage is the shepherd takes care of the needs of the sheep. And the sheep could say, I have no wants or I don't have any needs because the shepherd is providing for them. And so if we can begin to understand this from the physical shepherding aspect, then we ought to be able to begin to pull some, pr- some, some principles from it to help those of us who are in leading roles among God's people. Many times leaders don't recognize that we are answerable to a higher power. Uh, people get, become leaders at churches, they think they are law unto themselves. They can preach and tell everybody else what to do, but they don't have to do it themselves. Uh, the same message we give to the, the sheep is the same message shepherds ought to be uh, uh, accepting also. And recognize you've got to be the first to do it since you're up telling everybody else what they ought to do. Right. And, and too many times we get on other people, leaders, shepherds, about how they're living and what they're doing and what they're not doing and what they ought to be doing. And then when you find yourself in a similar situation, you mute. You tell everybody else how to deal with their families. When your family gets out of order, you mute. That's when people are looking to you to see if he's real. You've been telling us this. Okay, now you've got an issue in your family. How are you going to handle it? And so one of the lessons that those of us who want to be leaders have to understand, since we're out front, all your stuff is visible. But whether you want it to be or not, whether you want it to be or not, you're out front. So folks see you. They see your stuff. They see your family. They see your wife. They see your children. And we can act like that's not true, but it is. Now, I need to also let you know that as he's referring to shepherds here, he's not just talking about the shepherds of sheep. Uh, he's talking about all of the leaders that the Israelites have had. So he's talking about their kings. He's talking about their priests. He's talking about their prophets, especially those false prophets that have been on the scene. And so he's talking about the people who led them before they got into captivity. Because these issues that occurred didn't just start when they were in captivity. They were there years before. One of the things that we are, uh, because we're sheep, we're dumb, we're stupid, is we don't see trends. We look at what's happening now, but you don't understand what's happening now is a result of what's been going on for 20 years. It didn't just happen today. Uh, it's been going on. We just never looked at it until it touches you. And then we want to make a big deal about it. When if we're going to fix the problem, then we're going to have to go back and be honest about all of the stuff that has gotten us to this point. And too many times we don't do that because we're not honest. And I, I need to know, I need for you guys to know that as, as, as members of the flock, you, you have the right to demand accountability from your shepherds. 
And I know some of you come from places where you have leaders that don't question us, don't ask us any questions, any that kind of stuff. Uh, that's why in the text he said they've been harsh with you. Uh, they've been dictatorial in their leadership of you. Because the job of shepherds is to take care of the sheep. Guess what happens when you get educated sheep? See, when you got GED sheep and stuff and dropout sheep, that's one thing. What, what happens when you get master's level sheep and PhD level sheep? Okay, now, now you, got, you got to know your stuff at a whole nother level. Ignorant folk, you can pull the wool off their eyes, but folk who better trained than you are, you're going to have to say something that makes some sense. And so that's why leaders need continual education. Because the folk you teaching and leading, guess what they do on a regular basis? Continual education. So they understand the value of preparation. And we're still trying to lead like it was 1950. Well, let me, let me, let me give you... Let me give you four roles of shepherds. I deliberately didn't put this on the slide because I wanted you to write these down. You, get, you guys get too comfortable just sitting and listening. So, so if you're concerned, let me, let me give you these four roles. First of all, the, the job of shepherds is to ensure the safety of the flock. Now, if you're a coward, you're weak, then you're going to have problems putting your life on the line for the sheep. I think I said something there. The job of the shepherd is to ensure the safety of the flock. So that means you, you got to know what the enemy looks like and how to deal with the enemy. Secondly, the job of shepherds was feeding the sheep and watching to make sure they don't eat poisonous plants. See, you, you get sheep to start wondering, and they eat all kind of grass. And they don't distinguish or, or discriminate between healthy grass and deadly grass. And that's why the, 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 the shepherds, you, you cannot afford to let your sheep just scatter everywhere. Because every fold does not have healthy grass in it. Okay, it said every congregation does not have healthy grass in it. So you got to feed the sheep and you got to watch out for the poisonous plants that are out there that they will eat. Uh, being a shepherd, it means you've got to be responsible to the owner of the sheep. So that goes back to stewardship. And that goes back to recognize even the shepherd got to give account of his actions. Instead of thinking, well, you are a law unto yourself. You don't have to give an account to nobody. Uh, what you say is law. No, everybody in God's kingdom answers to God. And finally, one of the things that the shepherds must do, the shepherds must train the flock to know and follow his voice. You remember Jesus saying, you know, my sheep, they know me, they know my voice. So if you're going to be a shepherd, your sheep got to know who you are. And they got to know your voice, which means you got to be among them. You got to start smelling like these stinking sheep. And so when there are events that go on at the congregation, leaders, we need to be there. 
If you want to lead people, you want to tell them what to do and how they ought to do it, you got to be among them to know what their concerns are, how things are going. And you don't get that just because we see each other on Sunday. That's the cheap way to try and lead. But there's a whole lot you don't know about people if all you do is see them on Sunday. You don't know who's faithful if all you do is see folk on Sunday. Everybody looks holy on Sunday. How are you going to look on Tuesday when I see you, or Thursday, or Friday, or even Saturday when the weekend comes? And some of you guys like to get down when the weekend comes. You guys know how you like to do it. And, and, and so God wants his prophets to know and understand, I know what's going on. Because, again, it's very easy to not recognize God's going to hold you, leader, accountable, just like the flock. And now more than ever, I begin to understand what Paul, when he's uh, meeting with the elders, at, uh, uh, the Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 20, he'll talk about take heed among yourselves and, and among the whole flock. And after I leave, grievous wolves are going to come in, uh, and men among your own selves will rise up. You know, God knows, God, God knows human nature. And he, he knows that we like position and power with no accountability. And so in verses 3 and 4, uh, what we learn is there is a lack of care and concern for the flock. So Ezekiel, through the word of God, says, you guys are taking personal advantage of the situation that you're in. You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the flock. The weak you have not strengthened, nor have you healed those who were sick, nor bound up the broken, nor brought back what was driven away, nor sought that, that which was lost. But with force and cruelty you have ruled them. So the very things that he's saying in verses 3 and 4 is, is, is the work the shepherds that leaders do. You, you got to deal with the folk who are weak and who are broken and who are undisciplined and who are wild. The folk who think they know everything but don't know nothing. Uh, the folk who want to give counsel and advice to everybody but their life is a shipwreck. But they don't know it because they're not looking in the mirror. They just, they just want to say stuff uh, because they've read a few scriptures. And, and so he, he says, you guys, you guys are using the position you're in for personal gain. And the work that should be going on, you're not doing it. He, he says, you guys are selfish. You're self-centered. And, and, and we, we cut leaders a whole lot of slack. And sometimes too much slack. So everybody needs to be accountable. I wish somebody would ask me, well, Maurice, what do you do Monday through Friday? I said, you got an hour? Let me tell you. Not only let me tell you, won't you just go with me? No, nobody wants to take, uh, take me up on that offer. A good shepherd would take care of the sheep that have been entrusted to him. 
a good shepherd will find the time to do that because it takes time. That's, that's why when, you, when it comes to preacher, you need a preacher who's full-time. This part-time stuff works fine for a country church. But you're in a major metropolitan city where you got all these personalities and all these issues to, to deal with. You need somebody you can pay and pay well, Amen. generously, Amen. up to par. Because the skills that the, he needs to have are on the same level as the skills you have on your job where you're making six figures. Can somebody spell R-A-I-S-E? Okay, okay. My English teacher, you got it? Yeah, sorry. It's called raise. Yeah, okay. Like salary increase. You know, that, no, okay, all right, all right. And, and so, again, because this work that needed to be done was not being done, and he says, as a result of that, you're dealing with the sheep with force and cruelty. And so rather than taking the time to minister to them, take care of them, you're just trying to do it on cheap. You're trying to corral and round everybody up and not deal with them individually. And, and I would say uh, for, for that brother who's sitting out there being overcome with this is God has always wanted a plurality of leaders. And, and some of you act like if you become a leader, you got to do all this yourself. You do not. That shows you don't understand scripture. And, and, and so it's a team approach. So as we get four, five, six people together, then we delegate stuff out to, to people. Whoever has the best strength and ability in these areas, you handle that. You got a leader who's, a, who's good at counseling, you need to be the one counseling folk. And you got another leader who's good at financial management and structure and organization, he needs to be dealing with that. Uh, you, you got another person who's good at administration, he needs to be at that. You, you got a person who they are good at one-on-one -on -one conversation with folk, he needs to be the one handling that. And if you pull all that together, you got a well-rounded team. And so in verses 5 and 6, he reminds us of what's happening with the sheep as a result of them not being taken care of. And verse 5 says, so they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And they became food for all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill. Yes, my flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth, and no one was seeking or searching for them. That's what happens when you don't have sh uh, shepherds functioning. The sheep are scattered. So if they're scattered, there's no protection. There's nobody to make sure provisions are taking place. Uh, there's no one to help injured sheep. And you guys know from watching Wild Kingdom, injured sheep are the ones that the beasts won't because they can't run as fast. They may not be able to move. And so those are going to be the ones that will be found prey. There are weak and injured members in any congregation. They're weak from family issues. They're weak from job issues. They are weak from church issues. They're weak from friends staffing in back issues. And the list goes on and on and on. And they need somebody to reach out and help them. Now, sheep, physical sheep, can't talk. They, they can't tell the shepherd what's wrong with them. But a shepherd who knows his sheep, 
You see the expression on the sheep's face. You see their disposition. You see a sheep that's usually sitting on the front row, now sitting in the back. Sister Brittany, if that happened to you, I'd know something going on with you. Because you come right down front. You're not tradition bound. You sit right on the front row. So if you end up sitting on the back row, unless you got here late, now I ain't gonna say you got here late, but if you got here on time, you sitting on the back, well, we need to have a conversation. So he said they're scattered on every hill. And so one of the, one of the, one of the issues that occurred during this time was idolatry was a big issue. And idolatry happened on the hills, in those cricket hitting places. And so when sheep are scattered, they end up anywhere. And most times they end up in unhealthy places. And in the text, God says, you shepherds are going to be held accountable for that because they're doing that because no one was taking care of them. He says there is no shepherd. That's why they were scattered. And so when we get to verses 7 and 8, there is condemnation by God for the behavior of the shepherds. There's condemnation because they haven't done their job. So if you go through sheep, you go through a, a, a whole bunch of shepherds that have never held you accountable. They just let you come and do whatever it is you want to do at church. You act a fool and nobody said anything to you and whatnot. You get an attitude with a shepherd or leader who's now doing his job. Because you've never been exposed to shepherds who did their job. Okay, and you go to work and you got a supervisor that does not care what you do, nor even what time you show up on at work or what time you leave. Everybody likes those kind of supervisors. Okay, but what happens, what happens when you get somebody there who's serious about doing the job and you'll get mad at them because they require, if you're supposed to start work at 9 o'clock, you need to be here at 9. You're supposed to leave at 5. You're not leaving at 4.50. You're leaving at 5 o'clock. Now, you're going to get an attitude, but all the person is doing is holding you accountable for what you're supposed to be doing. So there's condemnation here in verses 7 and 8 to the shepherds. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, says the Lord God, surely because my flock became prey and my flock became food for every beast of the field because there was no shepherd, nor did my shepherds search for my flock, but the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed the flock. So even when the flocks were scattered, shepherds didn't have time to go look for them. Even when the folk were not showing sure up for worship like they ought to, Make it plain to you. Nobody was on the phone calling. Nobody was texting. Nobody was emailing. Nobody was going by visiting to find out where, where the sheep is. And so when the sheep dies out there, because they get involved in some stuff they shouldn't be involved in, then nobody wants to accept responsibility. See, a real shepherd will acknowledge we should have done something for that person before they got to that situation. Instead of saying, well, you know, that's their fault. Well, but if you were not ministering to them, you were not showing that you even cared about them, how are they supposed to come to you? See, we want people to come to us when we're not even available, when we're not even friendly, when we're not even open. Uh, we carry this aura, I'm busy. 
You can't bother me. Now, I need to say something to you guys. <clears throat> on Mondays, that's supposed to be my day off. Okay, on Monday, that's supposed to be my day off. On Monday, that's supposed to be my day off. And, in case you didn't know, on Friday, that's supposed to be my day off. So, Monday and Friday. Mm-hmm. Okay, just, just, just dropping some good news on you right now. But guess what happens on some Mondays and some Fridays? Mm-hmm. You, can, you can put it in there. And so what God does in verses 7 and 8, uh, he pronounces condemnation on the sheep, and then he helps them to understand why. Because sometimes folks act, act like they don't know why they're being disciplined or why something is said to them. And, and really, he repeats some of the things that he said earlier. Uh, so that you can know this, uh, he says, my flock have become a prey to wild animals. My flock have become food for every wild beast. You all did not search for them. You didn't look for the scatter sheep. You weren't concerned about doing anything to help my flock. See, the shepherds, the leaders have to understand, these people are God's people. This is God's flock. And God is concerned about how his people are treated, even by other Christians. See, we will, we will sometimes ask, well, you know, I, 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 you know uh, I can treat certain people a certain kind of way because God understands. God understands you're supposed to love your enemy. God understands you're supposed to pray for those who despitefully use you. God understands you're supposed to turn the other cheek. Anybody ever remember reading some of that stuff? So the God understands that. But you just don't know. They made me do it. They made me curse them out. They made me lay hands on them. You really think that's going to fly? And so in verses 9 and 10, we have hear the word of God. Because God very clearly lets the shepherds, the leaders know the problems I have with you. He says, I'm against you shepherds. I'm against you, you leaders. I, I, I'm not happy with your behavior because this has been going on for a long period of time. And the result of it is you have corrupted the sheep. The sheep are not stable. They're not as engaged as they should be. And, and let me just say this. Being sheep without shepherding for a long period of time you don't have a good sense of boundaries. You're not used to people telling you no. You're not used to people saying, we can't do that because scripture does not allow it. You're not used to uh, somebody saying, when it's time for worship, everybody needs to be in worship, not hanging out in the parking lot, not hanging out in other parts of the building. Well, I thought I was worshiping because I'm here. Worship is occurring up in here, not down there. So guess what? The, the guys who are on security detail doing the service, they're not worshiping. They're on security detail. Guess what they're going to have to do? Either they were at the 8 o'clock service this morning or they're going to be back here at 6 o'clock. But we're not going to cheapen worship by saying just because you're in the building somewhere. 
And the same thing goes for people in the media room. You're not worshiping God. You're operating the computers, and you're making sure that the stream is working right, and you're adjusting the microphone and stuff like that. How are you paying attention and worshiping God doing that? And so you need a leader who says, no, we're not taking communion in there to you. We're not taking the offering plate in there to you. You need to come out here and worship. So guess what that means? If you're on the media for 11 o'clock, you need to be at 8 o'clock worship or 6 o'clock worship. Or if you don't like that, when, when we finish, we're going to put the communion out in for you. If, that, if you really want it, you go out there and get it. If you want to be that cantankerous. So he says, I'm against the shepherds. I'm dissatisfied with their behavior. He says, I will hold them accountable because of the sad condition the flock is in because of neglect. We have too many neglectful church leaders. And by the way, we have too many neglectful parents also. So some of you mamas and daddies who show up here acting all holy on Sunday, but you're not doing anything spiritual with your children all week long. And then you get surprised when they graduate from high school and they graduate from the church. They left the church a long time ago. You just had their body prisoner in the house. But once they get legal age where they can do what they want to do, guess what they do? They do what they want to do. God says, in essence, I'm going to fire these shepherds. I'm going to remove them from their positions of importance. The role of a leader, a role of, it's an important role in the congregation. It is not to be taken lightly. It's something we need because we got sheep that need to be guided and taken care of. Brothers, that ought to be enough to get some of you off your behinds and say, I want to get involved in helping the shepherd here. We're not asking for you to be perfect. We're asking for you to love the people of God. The rest will fall into place. But you got to love God's people more than you love yourself. I think I said something there. So God says to these, 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 these shepherds who haven't been, I'm going to fire you. Now, come on. Those of you who have a job, would, would you like it when you, if your supervisor came in and said, in two weeks, you're going to get fired? Or they came in on tomorrow morning. You're getting the, all getting ready, sit, situated at your computer and all that old kind of stuff. Think you're going to work. And they say, uh, Brittany, uh, I need you to come to my office. You know, you remember two years ago we had a conversation about your work productivity and you've been getting these, these, these gradual warnings over the couple of years and uh, you just have not demonstrated any care and concern about what we've talked about. Now it is obvious to me you don't value being a part of the team here. And so we're going to help unburden you. So tomorrow, you don't even have to get up to come to work. So why don't you log off on the computer, go down to HR. Oh, by the way, hold up, let me call security. So we can have them escort you and then box up all your stuff so you can carry that with you. And I wish you the best of luck at whatever it is you do in the future. God ends it by saying, I'm going to rescue my flock. I'm not going to continue to let my my people be abused and misused by uncaring 
shepherds or uncaring leaders. And so we have to recognize God gives us an opportunity to be a part of his plan. He gives us an opportunity to serve him. But when he continually sees that we cannot do the job or won't do the job, then he's going to remove us. God wants our best effort. We should not be giving our best effort to these companies that we work and then come up in here and give God less than that. You're an outstanding worker on your company. You ought to be an outstanding Christian up in here. You ought to be an outstanding servant up in here. And I'm sick and tired of hearing people talk about how busy they are on their job and they do nothing to expand the kingdom. If you're going to be busy, busy, be busy for the Lord. You can do both. You can be successful on your job and be faithful to doing what God has called us to do. And I know part of our problem is we don't see a whole lot of role models of that. We see a whole bunch of folk who sit on the pews and shout hallelujah and want to stand up and clap and sing and all that, put on a good show on Sunday. And if we had a meeting here on tomorrow night uh, to plan something, most of you say, I'm too busy. Oh, and by the way, the meeting is going to be at 7 o'clock when most of you should be off work. Oh, I'm tired. But we don't have a meeting every Monday night. Can't you adjust your schedule? So you can begin to see how we get caught up in that. So our lessons for today, because my time is far spent. <laughs> but, I, but I will say, we, 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 we're going to be in uh, Ezekiel chapter 34 for a few weeks. Because there's just too much information in here for me to try and put in one lesson. So, so, so next Sunday, uh, you get part two. And maybe part three, too. But we, we're going we're gonna to deal with uh, the message God gives this watchman. So the so first lesson for us is shepherds, we need to learn that God expects us to protect the flock. He expects us to create, create a safe haven for his people. That means we've got to deal with the enemies. We've got to deal with the wild beasts. We've got to deal with the false doctrine. We've got to deal with the negative influences. Sometimes that means you've you got to help a sister or brother who's dating somebody to understand he or she is not the one for you. Because mm-hmm. you guys will let folk date folk who have, they have no business dating. And won't say nothing until after they get married. Well, I knew it wasn't going to work out. Well, if you really knew that, why didn't you say something? Save the person the heartache. Now, whereas a pew member can get away with that, brothers, those of us who are leaders, we've got to care enough about people to at least give them counsel. We can't make them do nothing because they're grown. And you know what? We've got to love them enough to give them the counsel, and then if they make bad decisions, we still got to come back and minister to them. So we can tell you, don't marry a non-Christian, blah, 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 okay? But if you chose to do it, then you and your non-Christian spouse are welcome to be a part of our couple's ministry because we're going to try and minister to you the best we can to help you have the most successful marriage you can have under those circumstances. That's, that's some love. See, a flock with no shepherd will scatter. You don't have any, any leadership. You don't have anybody guiding the thing. Folk are just going to visit. and visit. You guys know how you visit. Yeah, I, I don't understand how anybody who's a member of the Bedford Street Church of Christ can visit nowhere unless you're out of town. 
the lessons here are just too good. Now, am I the only one that thinks they're good? They're just too good. They're just too good to go anywhere else. And so if there's no shepherding going on, people will scatter. They'll go to all these places really they shouldn't be going to. They're running away from stuff. Because we need to learn how to submit to the word of God and not get upset every time we hear a spiritual teaching that we don't agree with. See, if that's your lot in life, you just need to say, I'm no longer going to be a Christian. Because if you read the Bible on a regular basis, you're going to find stuff on a regular basis that hurts your feelings, that you don't like hearing. But you got to recognize that's God's word. So either I take him at his word or I don't take him at all. But you know what? The word is not going to change. Amen, somebody. God cares about the condition of his sheep. And so as a leader, you and I need to care about the spiritual condition the members of our congregation are in, which is why you spend a lot of time talking to people to find out how they're doing, where they're going. Some people, that's a five-minute conversation. Okay, some people, it's a 35-minute conversation. So as you know your sheep, see, I, I know those of you who I can come up and ask a question, and you're going to give me a direct answer. Then I also know those of you, I got to be in the right mood when I come up to you. Because it's not going to be no five-minute response. It, it's going to be 35 minutes, 45 minutes. So, so I got to approach you when I have the time for that. So you don't see on my face what I'm thinking. Because God cares about that person's condition, we've got to also care about it. And as we get to know people, you know folk who are like that. You, you know the folk you're going to have to catch in the parking lot. Because as soon as service is over, they're gone. So if you want to talk to them, you've got to go out that side door and catch them when they're getting in their car. You guys know how you are. And then you know the folk uh, who are going to stay here until the building fall down. We got some folk every Wednesday, every Sunday night, after you all are gone, they still here. So those are the folk, if I want to talk, I just wait until everybody else is gone because they're going to be here. Amen. But that's a part of taking care of the sheep. You need to feel loved and welcomed and supported at the congregation that you're part of because that doesn't happen everywhere else. And then the final thought is don't become an enemy of God. Now, God says to the shepherds, I got a problem with you. I'm going to deal with you. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want God to have a problem with me. And I don't want God to have to deal with me. I want to obey him and discharge the duty that he has called me to so he and I can have a good relationship. Because the better the relationship I have with him, the more blessings that come my way. And so there are some lessons that we can even learn from bad sheep, from bad shepherds, rather. The issue is being open and discerning. And recognize some lessons you learn will show you you're not prepared to lead. And, and for some people, that's a hard lesson to learn. But better to get out of the way than to become an enemy of God because you didn't do what you're supposed to do. Now, we can give each other these feeble excuses about why we didn't do anything, but you're not going to get away 
with God with that kind of stuff. So don't hurt yourself. Don't mess around and lose your salvation because you didn't do what God has called you to do. God cares about folk who mess over his sheep. And some of you come from congregations where folk have been messing over the sheep for decades. And that's really one of the reasons you're at our congregation. Because you recognize there's some healing over here. Uh, there's some care and concern where people will, will do what's necessary to help get you back healthy. Because some of you, when you came here, you were not spiritually healthy. You may have looked like it. But when we talk to you and you start spewing all the poison from where you came from and, and not recognize you're not there anymore. So all that stuff you just said, you really need to say it because we don't have those issues over here. But you can tell when somebody just has stuff that they just got to work out because they do that. And I'm thankful that that this location is a place where people can do it. It's a place of refuge. Uh, it's a place of safety where there are people here who love and care about all of us, even if we get twisted every now and then. That does not change the fact we love each other and we'll do whatever it is we can to assist one another. That's what you need in the flock. And we are endeavoring to raise up more and more people who want to shepherd people, who want to lead people God's way. Who want people to understand that there are some godly people in the world. There are some people who care about you. There are some people who you're not just a number. That even though we give you a pledge card to pledge on, you know, if you choose not to do it, we're going to pray for you. We're not going to fall out over you. We just recognize you are still immature. And, and rebels are immature folk. And we got a few rebels up in here. I'm looking at some now. But that's okay. You're not as reb rebelish. Okay, rebellious. Okay, thank you. I prefer rebelish. And let me create my words up in here. But you're not as rebelish as you used to be. And that's because of God's grace and, and God is working on your heart and smoothing out those rough spots. So imagine what you're going to be like in another 10 to 15 years. This morning, if you have a statement, you have a prayer request, you have a confession that you need to make, we're going to give you the opportunity to do that. Uh, what I'm going to ask is, ladies, ladies, because I know you, pray for our brothers. Pray for our brothers. Pray that some of them will recognize you have leadership ability and you need to be exercising that. Encourage the brothers who you see that in. So he understands that there are people who see you have a place here. And we're willing to follow you. But you got to get out front. You can't follow people who are behind you. You got to be out front. And then, brothers, as these sisters are praying for us, and you see God working in your life, you see the Holy Spirit changing your thinking, don't ignore that. Don't, don't ignore that. Recognize here, here God is giving you another chance, He's giving you some grace. Uh, because he knows what he's put in you. And, and, and that you have something to offer this flock here. See, the more attached we are 
to the congregation we attend, the more we're willing to sacrifice and the more we're willing to give and time and talent and all those kinds of things. And we need, we need, we, we are at a point now where we, we just need some brothers to step up. God wants you to step up. God knows you have the ability to step up. You just got to get out of this, uh, I don't want to stand out above other folks. See, I want to go to heaven. And so if 90 of you all here don't want to go to heaven, I'm not letting the fact that 90 of you don't want to go to heaven stop me from going. Mm -hmm. Let's all stand.